what it is for us to be missionaries to the people who are around us. In Romans chapter 10, we have a very famous and great passage of Scripture, starting in verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how can, shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Go down to verse 17. So then, faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. Father, we ask that you would help us now as we look at this passage of scripture together, that you would help us to understand the responsibility we have with the gospel. That you would help us to then accept gladly the mantle of that responsibility and to do our part of carrying the gospel to those who desperately need to hear it. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the, the real truth is, uh, back in the 70s and 80s and it carried on into the 90s uh, in our fundamental Baptist movements, uh, it, there came this sweeping. And what, what was happening is it was a reaction to the 50s and 60s and early 70s. In the early part of the, of, you know, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, our Baptist churches got very aggressive in our approach toward taking the gospel to people. And, then, and you know, it was, the gospel was going forth. But the aggressive part became somewhat of an issue, you know. And so, uh, you know, we were literally being taught from our pulpits, you know, you stand your ground, you just make them listen, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that began to uh, create its own problems. You know, the, the real truth is nobody is required to listen to us. You, you understand? There's, there's no requirement to listen. Uh, we need to earn the privilege of being heard and you, so you just don't walk in, and, and I'm not kidding you, I've heard stories from the pulpit of preachers that would walk into a, somebody's house on Thursday night visitation, walk over the television, shut it off, tell the kids to sit down. I don't know about you, but if that was happening in my home, you know, we'd have some problems. And in, at first, because back in the 50s and 60s and, and early 70s, there was a great respect for the office of a pastor and so if a pastor abused it, we let him. I'm just being honest. If he abused it, we let him. And, uh, and that happened, and that, that kind of then carried itself over to our churches. That's another part of the history where then, you know, the pastors became, became aggressive within the church and kind of browbeating the church people into doing what the pastor says. It's really not what, about the, what the pastor says, right? It's about what the Word of God says. And it really doesn't matter what the pastor thinks. It's about what the Word of God says. And so then we went to this other extreme, as the pendulum does fly, right? So we, we got tired of that aggression, went to the other extreme, and we went to this concept of friendship evangelism, where we just let our life speak. And we, all we have to do is just be good people, and people will just come running to us and saying, please, tell me about Jesus. And that didn't work. Have you ever noticed that? That didn't work. You know why? Because how can they believe except they hear? And faith cometh by Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, I mean, so you've got to figure out this balance that's in there. We want to tell people, we want to, in, in our own hearts, we want to be, and if I can use that word aggressive in the right way, you know, we don't want to get lazy. We want to be aggressive about doing this. This is something we're supposed to be actively doing. But 
The flip side of that is, you know, we don't want to get over here on this so that we never, ever share the gospel because we're just going to expect people to see our life. We can show them our life forever, but they can't believe unless they hear. And so at some point, your life has got to start speaking words. And those words need to be not what you think and not what the pastor says, but the word of God. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it's that balance that was in there. It was a difficult time for us as churches to kind of work through all of that process. And, and I, I praise the Lord. I think that our church has worked through that pretty well. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's still a constant. We've got, got to constantly be pushed to share the gospel, get out of our comfort zone and share. And at the same time, temper that, balance that with the idea that nobody has to listen. They're not required uh, and so, you know, it's, it's just keeping that, that balance. But what I want to talk about is this concept of us sharing the gospel. Well, it goes down in verse 15. It says, how can they preach or how can they share the gospel except they be sent? Let me ask you a question. Who is sent? We are. Thank you. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you are among the sent. The Bible says, go ye into all the world, and preach, oh, wait a minute, pastor, I'm a woman, okay, I understand that, and that word preach there gets a little bit, uh, you know, tied up in, in our, you know, our good Baptist thinking here, but, uh, you know, as Christians, we are all called to share the gospel of Christ, all of us, and sharing the gospel, for lack of any other way to say it, is preaching. That's what it is. It doesn't make you a preacher or a pastor, which, you know, none of you uh, are necessarily, well, not none of you, but most of you are not called to be men or women, right? But all of us who know Jesus Christ, our Savior, we're all among the sent. We are sent out by Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, his followers, as the Father has sent me, so send I you, right? We're all sent to take the gospel to those who need to hear it. So uh, let's just clear that up right away. All of us, that's who we're talking to. All of us are sent to share the gospel, and sharing the gospel is more than living a life. Sharing the gospel is about words, because how can they believe except they hear? It's about actually sharing the truth of the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we've got to put all of this together. So this morning, as we're looking at missions, uh, I, I say this every year. It's probably getting old, but I'll keep saying it probably until the Lord takes me home uh, or until you get a new pastor. As we're looking at missions, the easiest thing for a church to do is to give money. I don't preach on money very often at all. Because to me, of all the things we do in our Christian walk, giving money is the easiest. You know, we give money and all the guilt goes away. Keep your money and share the gospel. You understand? I mean, God's not a beggar. It's not like God's trying to figure out how to pay the light bill. God, God doesn't need our money. He's looking for opportunities to bless us, and that's another sermon. But, you know, what we do sometimes is we give to missions, and we think that we have accomplished God's will in missions. And we're accomplishing part of God's will in missions to go ye into all the world. Your money can go places where you can't go. But... It starts out by, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Let me ask you a question, Christian. Has the Holy Ghost come upon you? And if so, yes, he has, if you're a Christian. And if so, since the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you know what you're supposed to, what's supposed to happen? And ye shall be 
witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So yeah, we can send our money out there, and that's great, but if that's just a way to get rid of the guilt, it's not going to work. It's a poor excuse for missions. Missions starts at your workplace, at your family gatherings, at your uh, schools. Uh, you know, mission starts in our daily lives. What God wants us to do is carry the gospel. Then, after that, giving money to help somebody else carry the gospel is great. But I don't want us to bypass that major step of us. We're the ones sent. Let's us be the ones to share the gospel. So I'm going to ask this question. And uh, from this point forward, I know it's going to kind of be, uh, be uh, different. This is, it's all about the Word of God, and we're going to come back to the Word of God. But right now, what I'm going to do is share some stories. They're not about the Word of God. They're about what the Word of God did in the lives of people. But I'm going to ask this question. What if someone had not shared the gospel with these people? All right, so let's just uh, start there. What if someone had not shared the gospel? Let's start with the very beginning, with the, uh, the apostles, Peter, Paul, and all of them. What if someone had not shared the gospel with the apostles? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God took those 12 men and did what? Do you remember how the Bible describes it? Turned the world upside down. What if someone had not shared the gospel with them? What if the world had not been turned upside down? Do you know the evidence that the world was turned upside down is the fact that over 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Jesus Christ? Worldwide. Think that through. That the impact that a guy who had 12 basic followers, no radio, no television, no internet... You know, it wasn't like he had, you know, 5,000 Twitter followers. But here is the absolute truth. A guy who had 12 followers who had no real access to money or access to, to ability to take, the world, uh, to, to take the world on will be remembered greater than the greatest tweeting president of all time. Because in about, you know, 8, 10 years... We'll be sitting around the living room saying, now, who was president back in 19, or two, 19, boy, <laughs> I don't know, back in 2019, who was president back in 19, that's what I was trying to say, makes me sound good, uh, who was president back, you know, that's what we would be asking, we don't know, you know, it's, it's, but yet we still, the world knows about Jesus, what would have happened if nobody would have shared the gospel with those, or how about this, what if no one would have shared the gospel with George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards, you know, in the early part of the 1700s, what took place? Because someone shared the gospel with George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards. The Great Awakening. And that doesn't, that, that by the way, is incredibly significant worldwide that, that the Spirit of God moved upon this planet much like it did with those 12. I mean, the world was being turned upside down yet again. But it's really significant in America where just a few decades later, someone would take pen in hand and ink this wonderful document that we call the Constitution of the United States of America. And you need to understand how much of an impact the 1730s had upon the 1770s, the Great Awakening. What would have happened had no one shared the gospel 
with George Whitfield or Jonathan Edwards. Now, I know we're playing that game, okay, uh, the what-ifs, you know, the point is that it did happen. And I believe, just like you do, that God is such a gracious and merciful God that if somebody had neglected to do their duty and their responsibility and share the gospel with Jonathan Edwards, God would have sent someone else to do it because God's a gracious God. I believe that. But still, the point is, look what happened because these men trusted Christ as Savior. A nation was established that would change the course of history for the next 250 years in ways that we can't really think through because we can't imagine it not being there. We can't imagine it any other way. What would have happened if no one would have shared the gospel with Charles Finney? Now, Charles Finney was the, one, of the, one of the preachers that God used. I'm not trying to get all these guys in, all right? One of the preachers that God used to bring in the second Great Awakening. Now, as a result of that, you know what happened? Missions happened. Baptist churches, in particular, kind of bought into the Second Great Awakening. Baptist and Methodist churches. I mean, colleges like Bob Jones University, a Methodist, started out as a Methodist college. And those, those things, those all happened because someone years earlier had preached the gospel and the Second Great Awakening happened. And now all of a sudden we had missionaries going around the globe from the United States of America. It was an incredible time. What would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with Charles Finney? What would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with, I'm going to just start naming some names that you know, missionaries like David Livingston, Jim Elliott, David Brainerd, Jonathan Goforth, J. Hudson Taylor, George Mueller. We could keep going. We could keep. What would have happened? What would have happened to the continent of Africa if no one had shared the gospel with David Livingston? Think that one through. What would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with Adoniram Judson in the country of Burma? What would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with the American Indians, like a young man named David Brainerd, who died very young, but was still used by God to spark missions to the American Indians. What would have happened if George Miller had never stepped into the life of, of those, uh, those uh, little, little kids, what did they call them? Orphanage, orphans. Stepping into the life of those orphans and sitting around, remember the great story about George Miller where he's sitting around the table with you know, several scores of, of orphans and no food. They were broke. The orphans were broke. About 40, I think it was, orphans sitting around the table. And he said, let's pray. God, we thank you for providing for our daily needs. And all of a sudden, there's a ruckus outside the door. And a food trolley who was being pulled by horses had broken down right out there. And the guy's like, I can't deliver this food and it's going to go to waste. I've got some milk and bread. Can you guys use it? No. (laughs) What would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with these men that impacted so many people? What would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with D.L. Moody? You know, in his lifetime, it is recorded that D.L. Moody, through his preaching or his personal evangelism, saw over one million souls come to Christ. What would have happened if that shoe salesman hadn't been faithful to share the gospel with a man named D.L. Moody. 
What would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with Billy Graham or Charles Spurgeon or Bob Jones Sr. or, you know, John Bunyan or just keep filling in the blank with whatever you want? What would have happened had the gospel not been given to those men? Those men literally have had impact on our lives throughout the centuries. You know, they impacted our government or they impacted the, the people who started our churches. They, they impacted our society in ways that we would be living different lives had no one shared the gospel with them. What would have happened if someone would have said, you know what, I'm just going to live my life and hopefully they'll see Jesus in me and, and never bothered to speak the truth of God's word? What would have happened if some uneducated, strongly independent, somewhat bullheaded, poor little country boy from Kentucky who's lying in a hospital bed didn't have a preacher that came into the hospital room and shared the gospel with him. What would have happened to Southeast Baptist Tabernacle if Bill Sloan had never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior? Where would we be today if someone hadn't spoken God's truth? What would have happened if at the soldiers and sailors' home for orphans up in Zionsville, Indiana, some little six, eight-year-old girl who'd been forgotten and set aside what would have happened if no one had ever shared the gospel with Gene Boland? What would have happened if a man who could sing and was a song leader and met presidents and did all kinds... Of, what would have happened if no one had shared the gospel with Jack Atwell? What would have happened? What would have happened if... You know, I mean, we could keep going. Let's talk about living people. You know, what if, what if um, no one ever took time to share the gospel with Bud Wood? Would that impact you? Would it change your life if no one had shared the gospel with Daryl Tolles? If no one had shared the gospel with my father-in-law and mother-in-law? What would have happened? What would happen if we lived in a society, if they lived in a society that said... I'm not going to speak. It might offend someone. I'm not going to speak. It might send the wrong message. I'm just going to live a life and hopefully somebody will get it. What would have happened if someone hadn't understood that faith comes by hearing? Why are you here? Why are you here? What would have happened if whoever it was that shared the gospel with you, or if you're a second, third generation Christian, did, shared the gospel with your grandparent or your parent? What would have happened if they'd never come along? Where would you be if that person had never shared the gospel with your grandfather? Where would your family be? You know, I, I come from a distinguished line of people. My grandfather was the town drunk. He was. He abused his children physically and other ways. He was not a nice person. My, my mom's two brothers 
died because they, of alcohol. They got drunk and wrecked and hurt other people and hurt themselves. What would have happened if no one had come along and shared the gospel with my family? How would things be different? What would have happened if somebody said, well, hopefully they'll get it. Hopefully they'll see it and they'll ask. And never bothered to voice the words that are needed because faith cometh by hearing. What would have happened? Folks, if we can understand that so much of what we are is because someone else understood the need to verbalize the gospel to those who needed to hear it, then maybe we would be burdened enough to share the gospel with someone else. We sit here, generations of people whose lives have been changed and impacted for the better because someone said, I'm not going to just live it, I'm going to share it. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. What would have happened if no one ever told you? Why are you here? What if someone never told me about Jesus? What if someone never told me about him? Then today my soul would be so unhappy all because no one told me of him. Oh, how sad it would be not to know that the king has riches beyond degree. But the saddest of all would be not to know that one of his heirs was me. And I'm so glad someone told me about Jesus. I'm so glad someone told me about him. Heads bowed eyes closed, please. Christian, Christian, how can they believe except they hear? How can they believe except they hear? We must tell the world about Jesus. We must. We're here because someone went beyond all of the other things to be certain that we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ.